Today's episode is brought to you by Sublime Graphics. Sublime Graphics is the printer of choice for your PDF sewing patterns, digital artwork, personalized mugs, and graphic tees. They offer a variety of paper choices and fast turnaround. Check them out at www.sublimegraphics, that's G-R-A-F-X.com backslash C-I-A. That's graphics spelled G-R-A-F-X. Podcast listeners get a $5 off coupon. Thank you so much, Sublime Graphics. And now here's the show. Welcome to episode 233 of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals where you can strengthen your creative business, stay up to date on industry news, and build connections within our supportive trade association. Check it out at craftindustryalliance.org. Today on the show, we're talking about modern quilting with my guest, Porfiria Gomez. Porfiria is a sewing enthusiast, a self-proclaimed designer, and a blogger. She is a native New Yorker, and she learned to sew from her mother. Now she is a modern quilter, a teacher, and an author. Porfiria Gomez, welcome. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. I've admired your beautiful quilts for a long time, and I'm excited to learn more about how you make them. So um, I know you mentioned in your bio that you're a native New Yorker. Did you grow up in the Bronx? Yes, born and raised in the Bronx of New York. Um, I've lived here most of my life, and then when I met my husband, I moved to Brooklyn. So I think I'm always going to be a native New Yorker. New York is where the heart is. I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere else. My mom is actually from North Carolina. So summers were spent on the farm in North Carolina. Um, but true to my, too, true to my form is definitely um, the Bronx and Brooklyn and Manhattan. That's where I am. That's my love. That's my inspiration. And what were you like as a kid? Were you like always artistic or were you into other things, different things when you were little? Oh, wow. That's such an awesome question. Um, I was totally like a crafter, a maker. I would Google and Gaga over like handcrafted things. I, I just love making stuff. Like I always loved painting and creative arts. My mom was a big crafter herself, but she would sew. I would watch her sew and she was into uh, crocheting and knitting. And she loved um, just putting things together in the house. So I just grew up seeing that. And I, I guess I just followed suit and I just fell in love with it. So I was the type of kid that was always trying to create something. I can remember one Christmas, which is, it stands out to me all the time, where my mom um, bought me like these envelope stationary papers and it came with a pen and uh, the papers. And I was just so in love by the pretty flowers uh, and on the pen and on the papers. So I was that little girl always trying to make something, trying to create something or just in love with um, art. 
all all around art. So that was me. I was a dancer. I I just I love everything about the arts and creativity from a very early age. And you you were a dancer as well. Yes, I used to be a modern dancer. Um, I did tap. I love tap dancing. A lot of people don't know that about me. I went to Broadway dance school for tap, so I enjoyed tap dancing. I pulled my shoes up maybe two years ago, um, trying to do a little bit, but I, I love tap dancing and I love modern dance when I was a lot younger. That was my thing to do. I thought at one point I was going to be like a professional dancer, but I'm a very tall young lady. I'm six foot three. So it was always a challenge when I would go to auditions. Like the last audition I had was some many years ago, but it was, I was trying to be a rocket and um, I did the choreography and everything. And then at the end, you know, my instructor was like, you know, you don't meet the height requirement. I think you had to be like five, two, five, six, between five, two and five, six. So I was so bummed out. And I think that kind of shut down the dream of dancing for me. And did you take art classes in high school at all? Or did you just pursue yeah. that kind of as a hobby, like at home? Well, it was mainly a big hobby for me all the time. Like I always, I, I was either doing pottery or art design. I, it was just always there, but I did take a few classes in high school on it. Um, I actually took a class in college for it. Um, so for me, it was just something that I, I just had, I had to do, like I have to do. I think now I enjoy it so much more that I'm like constantly trying to create something. Even when I'm like on my phone trying to do media or doing something like I'm still trying to create or I'll see something and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can mimic that in a pattern or mimic that in some sort of design for my home. So, yeah, true true to the form. And so what did you I know you said you took an art class in college. That makes me think you didn't go to art school. So what did you study Mm -hmm. in college? Business. Business, 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 which is so ironic. Everyone that meets me and spends time with me, they're wondering, like, why didn't you become like an art professor or something to that to that field? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I just had a thing for business as well and being able to take something and create a business. So, you know, that was in the back. I think that's why I, I try to mesh my own personal brand together with my creative brand as well. Yeah. So you studied business and in college. And when you got out of college, did you immediately like go into business or what? what Yeah. So most of my jobs are always running uh, stores. So I went straight out. I was store managing different stores and um, doing that for business. I did try my hand at my own business for a little while, especially when the kids were small and I I took some time to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, But I I wasn't too passionate. I think I got, I think I fell into that. um, I just want to create (laughs) instead of running the business. So I would focus on the creative side more than actually running the business. So, you know, maybe, maybe in the near future, I'll definitely take a crack at uh, balancing both the business component and the creative side. 
Yeah, I think that that is relatable to so many people for whom, you know, you have a creative business, but love the creative part and not so much the business part. Yes, yes, yes. I think you fall into it so quickly because you you just want to create, right? And then you realize you have to, especially when it comes to um, the crafting and and uh, the creative aspect, you have to figure out the, the price points and you have to figure out um, how you're going to profit off of this somehow, some way. And then it becomes, instead of a, the passion, it starts to become somewhat of um, a burden. So you you end up just staying, you know, stagnant. And I, I kudos to those. I admire those who can balance both. But I know for me, um, it has always been a struggle. I'm going to attempt again to try and create, you know, craft to career life, but it really is like the biggest challenge, I think, especially when you're uh you're in the quilting or you're in the sewing business. Yeah, it's definitely challenging. I hear that very clear um, from so many people. And so um I know you had said your mom loved to sew. Um, and you learned to sew from your mom. Do you remember those initial projects that you did with her or that you created? Yes, yes. There's so many, but the ones that stand out are the ones that meant so much to me. And one of them was my mom's piecing ability for, I talk about this in other interviews that I've shared. She pieced together this beautiful quote that I actually took from her house and I'm keeping it as my little family, um, my family heirloom that I hope to pass on to my children. But there were these little circles that she cut out. And back then, um, she didn't have access to a lot of the fun uh, cutting machines that we use today when we're piecing. She just had this little template of paper and she cut out all these rings and she just kept collecting different fabrics from people who would donate to her from stuff she would buy. And then she pieced them together one by one. And I helped her piece them together. And I remember us sitting on the bed and she's just showing me how you piece them together and how you sew them and the lock stitch that she would use. And that was like the most um, amazing time for me as a little kid, seeing my mom create this beautiful, heavy quilt that you was so warm for her kids and she was using her hands. And I think when I became pregnant and had my own children, that the quilting just came back to me because I could remember how amazing it was and that feeling she gave me, I wanted to give to my kids. So that's why I said, I started going back to uh, creating and sewing quilts and making quilts for their beds because it just felt like, it just feels like home and family. And I wanted my kids to, to have that experience as well. So yeah, there was definitely that memory just always stands out to me. And, um, it just, I just love that memory for teaching me how to, to hand piece together, uh, quote. And so when you were pregnant, I know you have, you have three sons, is that right? Three boys. Yeah. 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 So (laughs) When you were pregnant with your first son and that was when sort of that idea of quilting returned to your mind, did you create something for him in anticipation of his? Yes, I did. I did. And it's so funny too, because of course, you know, I had girlfriends that 
we were all in the same, um, as walking around with the same big bellies, I should say. So I started making quilts for their babies too. And it was so crazy because, um, like the other day I saw a picture of my girlfriend's baby and she had the baby wrapped around in the quilt. And all I could think about is like that time was like, it was so um, warm and so I, I can't even explain how I felt making these beautiful baby quilts. It was just something that just went along with the mood or, or what I was experiencing at that point in my life. It just felt like home. I was creating home. And how did you learn how to make them? Were you getting patterns from books or from a local quilt store? Or were you already looking online to find out how so to make the, them? Yeah. So the beauty about quilting that I, I try to share with um, most of the people that I come across in teaching and in learning is that I didn't use patterns in the beginning. What I would do was just create. I would see something and I would look at the different shapes and I would just start creating. I would go to the store and pick out a fabric that I like and I would just start piecing it together because for me, I would remember how my mom would do it. Like my mom didn't have a lot of access to the patterns and um, because where I grew up in the Bronx, there wasn't a lot of stores that catered mainly to quilting, you know? So for us, it was like, we would just see these patterns, um, whether it be a pattern on, you know, in the subway or walking home or what have you, we would see these patterns and we'll just start creating them. We would just put, put them together. There wasn't too many measurements or trying to figure it out. We would just take these patterns take beautiful fabrics that just, you know, jumped out at us and create. So for me, when I started going back to quilting, I was uh, amazed by um, all of the different uh, techniques and styles. I had YouTube, I had all these different, um, different factors to figure out how I was going to create my quilts. But amazingly, it was just me creating. I just, went to the fabric store, picked up what I wanted. And I, I just pieced together what the design would look like. And I would just go for it and sew it. And then as I progressed and as the boys started getting older and my quilts started getting bigger, I would um, utilize a lot of different TV, YouTube, uh, social media techniques that other quilters were doing. And I used to be so afraid to call myself like a quilt designer or a quilter because I didn't think I was quilting. I, I thought I was just sewing. And then someone said, no, you're actually, you're quilting your quilts. You, you, you know, sandwich them together. So this is what quilting is. In. You know, this is the form of it. And it just, it blossomed into something um, so amazing. And I was so happy to, you know, adorn myself with the title of your quilt artist. talk about our sponsor, Sublime Graphics. Here is a message from Sublime Graphics. We are a small business that started during the pandemic. Our goal is to provide high quality prints and promotional items with fast turnaround and great customer service. Printing is our business and our only business. We print sewing patterns for indie designers and individuals on three choices of paper, up to 36 inches wide. This includes tissue paper, which is more durable than what you would get with store-bought sewing patterns, 
but it's still translucent enough to make tracing onto fabric easy. If your patterns come with the ability to print specific sizes, we can do that for you for no extra charge. Just drop us a note during the ordering process. Color or black and white are the same price. We charge per pattern, not by the page. If you're an indie pattern designer, we want your business. Sublime Graphics specializes in small runs to help you manage your cash flow. Sublime Graphics prints custom-designed graphic t-shirts and mugs. You can send us your artwork or choose from a variety of pre-printed options. We offer a variety of styles and colors. There are no setup fees and small runs for clubs or small businesses or individuals are not a problem. They're our specialty. Looking for wall art? We have a variety of posters to choose from. Don't see what you like? Upload your artwork to us. We'll print it for you on archival quality acid-free poster paper with high quality inks. Posters print up to 36 inches by 60 inches on poster paper. If you prefer art canvas, then prints can be up to 24 inches wide. We are offering a special discount for listeners of the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. Take $5 off your first order with the coupon code CIA5. You can join our mailing list on our website. Members get special sales and product previews. So check us out at www.sublimegraphics.com backslash CIA. That's G-R-A-F-X for graphics. Thank you so much, Sublime Graphics. And now back to my conversation with Porphyria. And how did you sort of, do you remember some of the early kind of discoveries of online, the online culture of quilting? Because it's really a robust community online of people who quilt. And oftentimes, you know, when you don't know that that even exists, and then you kind of mm-hmm. see it for the first time. There's maybe a particular maker or designer, or YouTuber, somebody who um, whose work really a- appeals to you or whose instructions speak to you. And I don't know whether you can remember somebody who like when you first discovered the online world of quilting really helped you or stood out to you. Yeah, there's a few and I don't want to butcher names because I'm terrible. Okay. <laughs> with names. Um, so I'm just going to make sure. But one that I will always remember is Angela Waters. Yeah. Um, Walters. I think it was Walters. Angela it's Walters. Walters. She yeah. used to have a show. Yeah, it's Walters, right? So she used to have a show, um, Quilting is My Therapy. Yeah. I was obsessed with her for the longest. Um, one of the reasons I remember when she had her small children and she was trying to balance. So that's why she had this show called Quilting is My Therapy or Midnight. I think it was called Midnight Quilting or something like that. Yes, and she no. had this sh- Yeah, she had this show and she would pour her glass of wine and have her popcorn. And I remember that that same that same thing. I would once my kids got home, I was stay at home mom for uh, quite some time, which I was so blessed and thankful for that experience. But um, once I got them in bed, I would pour a glass of wine and I would make my popcorn, popcorn with Tabasco sauce, which is my thing. Don't knock it till you try it. (laughs) And I would watch her show and I would learn her techniques and learn how she did it. And I just enjoyed her so much. And it was so, I felt like she was so relatable because I had been used to 
I grew up with cultures. I did see them most of my childhood. Like we have friends and family. My mom, my mom would tell me about my grandmother's quilt. My, I'm sorry, my great grandmother's quilt because that's who used to quilt um, more. And she would tell me about these stories. So I was exposed to it, but not the way Angela was doing it. And when I saw Angela doing it, I was so intrigued because it was like, it was like my girlfriend, like we're sitting at the table and we're quilting and we're making. So she would have, that was one of the earlier shows I would watch. And um, at that point, there was another, there was a few websites that I would go to and see the different techniques of quilting. But Angela just seemed so modern, even though she was doing traditional quilt making, it just seemed like it was a part of my journey growing up um, as a young mom and, you know, that era of my, my life, it, we just, it just meshed well for me. So she was one of the ones that I will not ever forget, but I remember enjoying so much of. And how did you first begin sharing what you were making? Did you start on Instagram? You have a really beautiful oh, wow. Instagram presence yeah. or did you start Thank a you. website? I mean, it sounds like somebody, I don't know who it was, um, you know, pointed out to you, hey, you're a designer, you're you're a quilter. Um, and so yeah. once, once you sort of realize that, uh, what was the next step to kind of sharing what you were doing? Oh, my God. So it's so interesting. I started blogging in 2004. Wait, let me let me make sure I get my numbers right. Um, yeah, because my son was born. In two th- OK, yeah, it was 2004. I started blogging. This is when we had blog, blog her. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm giving you my age. <laughs> but I started in 2004 and then I transitioned. Um, when I, after I had my kids in 2006, I started posting pictures. It's probably out there somewhere because nothing goes away from the internet. <laughs> but in 2006, I think I posted my first kids quote. I had made this little, um, I think it was like a forest inspired quote for my son. Um, and that was, in, that was around 2006, 2007. And I was mommy blogging. So I was writing, you know, things I was using for them and what worked. And it kind of started transitioning into Facebook. And then from Facebook, it started transitioning to Instagram. And I love Instagram. Um, the Instagram quilting community and crafting community have been so amazing. I the inspirations that you can find. So I just wanted to see more of what I wanted to see. So as years started, you know, going along, I was like, I'm going to be the inspiration I want to see. I want to see people doing things like what I do. I want to see people who look like me. I want to see more of my style of creativity. And it just kept blossoming. And that's what I just kept doing. And so, okay, so it sounds like Instagram really has been a good community for you. And I would love to talk a little bit about your Instagram sort of approach, or I guess if if they're a strategy, if they're really, you know, if if you think of it that way, but um, when you're getting ready to create posts on Instagram, whether that's like a, a photo or you do a lot of reels and things like that, you know, how do you um, think about what you're putting there? Some people are very 
very careful about curating their feeds. So all the images work well together and things like that. Some people are a little bit more interested in real life pictures, whether they're perfect or not. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so do you, do you take a whole big batch of photos at once or how do you kind of approach posting Mm. on Instagram? So I hope to approach it better, (laughs) believe it or not. I feel like I'm so I love, thank you for the compliment, but I am, I feel so like it's so disorganized, but how I, how I do approach it is I, um, I like to put out what I want to see, like what I like to see on other, uh, Instagram feeds, or I try my hardest to put out exactly what I want to see. So for me, it's like, it's all about when I look at an image, what I start to feel, you know, and I want that someone to experience that same feeling of excitement or calm or joy. So I try my hardest to create pictures that are cohesive. So when they're, you're looking at my site, I try, if you notice that there, there'll be between six to eight photos of like the same color blocks that I use. And then I'll switch it over. A lot of the color blocks that are on my feed are colors that I use every day, all the time. Um, So for me, it's just, I, I try to be very cohesive with it. I mean, going, um, going forward this year, my goals are to put out a lot more photographs and a lot more reels. Of course, I think that's almost all of us, but I really like to create things based on what I want to see or what um, I'm excited about right now in my life. I start to post up uh, a lot of pictures about that. So yeah, that's pretty much my dynamic when it comes to my feed. And let's talk a little bit about your color palette because you have a very sort of consistent, I feel like, sense of color or use of color. And I don't know if you would describe it as like a warm earth tone uh, range or something like that. That's how I describe it. But how do you think about the colors you're drawn to? I just want you to know you're making my day totally. Because that's exactly what I, I'm all about earth tones and that's what I want to stay with. So um, I'm a big, you know, I call, I consider myself like a tree hugger. I love being outside. I love the natural elements of life. So for me, I want that to show in what I'm creating. Even some of the projects I'm working on now, they go back to uh, my visit. Um, last year, where Quilcon was in um, Phoenix, Arizona, and I was just in love with what I saw in their gardens and in their deserts. It, w- it was just amazing. So I kind of used those elements to try and create um, what's going to be, you know, what I'm going to share in the near future. And um, I noticed that you do a lot of collaborations and um, I think that's really great. And one of the things that I thought was really striking is in your Instagram profile, right, where you can write a few lines of text, um, you have um, you have a line there that says collaboration and then a Mm -hmm. colon and then your email address. And I thought that was really wise because if you're interested in collaborations, putting the fact that you are interested in collaborations and how to get in contact with you right there in your, um, your profile is like, 
makes it so easy and so clear to everybody that this is something that you do. I love collaborating. Um, sometimes I do take off more than I can chew. <laughs> I'll be honest with you because I want to do everything. Um, but I love the collaborations of meeting two creative minds coming together and showcasing something amazing. So I'm always looking to collab with others. I also know that um, at this point in my 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 crafting quilting career, um, there are others that are growing or coming, you know, starting their own crafting and quilting c- career. And maybe they don't have the the same um, followings that um, I may have. So I love, I know where I was at one point and I was trying to collab with others to grow. And it was such a challenge. And I said, if I ever get to a point where I can, you know, pull someone up, I definitely will. And that's one of the reasons why I'm always looking for collabs as well. And has it worked to put this in the Instagram profile? In other words, have people then either emailed or DM'd you because they saw that? Yeah, I have gotten um, emails from different people who say, you know what, I have a book coming out or I have a pattern coming out. Are you interested in testing or reviewing? And I'm like, yeah, let me know what, how I can help or, or where I could be of some help to you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So that's a good tip for, for people. And um, I know that you've, you've done some especially interesting and exciting collaborations. One of them is with RFL Threads. And yeah. you know, I think most folks in the quilting world know about RFL, but they're an Italian sort of premium thread brand mm-hmm. that a lot of quilters prefer. And, um, and they do these collaborations with designers where they curate you know, a beautiful color range of thread and, and sort of brand it to the designer. And it's really a neat, um, a neat product. And, um, and it sounds like you have more than one or a new one coming out as well. So how did that collaboration come about? Like, how did you connect with RFL? Was it at QuiltCon or online? Yes. Yeah, it was definitely at QuiltCon. Um, but it was also, I would had the art opportunity to be one of their artisans. So, you know, every year they have, um, you have access to apply to be an artisan on their website. And then um, if you're one of the um, fortunate ones to get picked, you become an artisan and, you know, you utilize their threads and you talk a little bit about their threads. So for me, it's like my go-to threads. Like I use that consistently even prior to becoming one of their artisans. But I wanted everybody to kind of like my collection that I had launched last year was like all of my favorites. And they're like these neutral colors that I felt like there's nothing better than having neutral colors. They'll never go out of style. You'll never need anything else. Uh, Even if you're using the brightest of the brightest uh, color palettes, those neutrals will still do the job that you need it to do. Um, so I was so excited to have the opportunity to collaborate when we spoke about me having a possible collection and moving forward. Um, and I wanted to have a collection with my style and my personality on it because I hadn't seen, um, someone like produce the same type of, uh, aesthetic that I did. So I thought this would be so such a great opportunity for people to see um, me uh, with a thread line. Yeah, so exciting. Um, I think that's really really great. It's a great product. And another really awesome and inspiring collaboration you've done 
is with the the other um, women who work together with you on Color of Connection, which is just such a cool project. Um, and I wondered if you could explain what it is and kind of how it came about. So Color of Connection was um, three quilters who came together who uh, pretty much wanted to create, um, showcase a relationship of inclusive, uh, um, inclusivity, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, for us, when it started, it was pretty much sharing how George Floyd's situation ha- happened in 2020, and there was so much going on, and there was so many people dealing with the division, and just just a hard time in the world. And we wanted to show how we were from three different walks, three different backgrounds, came together over quilting, and how that was so uh, monumental for all of us. It was just about the quilting and where we were and the things that we go through and just having good conversations over creating a beautiful quilt that lasts um, a lifetime. Um, so um, it has been a journey for us as well. Uh, sadly, the journey did end last year. Um, both Michelle and Kiana um, want to focus on family right now. And Michelle just gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. So she's going to focus on being a mom right now. Color of Connection is still very much going to go forward. I actually am, since I'm one of the original founders, I want to keep it going because I do want to um, showcase how everybody and anybody should be able to create and quilt and have great conversations over it. So um, that's how Color of Connection came about. Yeah, it's a really a wonderful idea of the way that craft brings us together and helps yes. us to talk about our lives together and share our perspectives with one another. Um, so I was really inspired by it. And I, I hope it continues because I think it's such a good idea. Yeah. I was just going to share how going forward, we have some new designers that are going to be helping. So you're going to see like a whole new slew, which this is exactly what we wanted to happen. Uh, different walks of life, different people from walks of life coming together and just, just quilting. So we look forward to what what's going to happen in the near future. Oh, great. Yeah, that sounds like really exciting. So keep your eye on the Color of Connection website. Um, and I'm sure you will also post about it mm-hmm. on your Instagram so people can keep up to date with what you do there. Yeah. And I know you've had some other really cool exactly. opportunities too. Um, I wanted to touch briefly on a fashion one. So you love to wear hats and you're actually an ambassador for a hat company. And I thought that was super yes. cool. Yes, I am such a fan of Diggy Pip hats. Um, I love them. Um, and it was so awesome to become one of their brand ambassadors. So um, every video, I think, and all my content on my Instagram, I'm always wearing a hat. And everyone's asking me, where do I get the hat? So the hats are also going to be available on my site as well, if anybody is interested in those as well. But and there's going to be a few hats that have a few of my own creative crafting um, art on it. So I look forward oh, to that hat. So cool. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah. And did that um, collaboration also come about via Instagram? In other words, did you like tag them and they saw, hey, this woman's wearing yes. all the time. Maybe we should. Yes. It definitely did. It definitely did. Because once again, I was constantly, all my content, you'll always see me wearing a hat. I think 
I, if you can't see me without the hat. <laughs> so it, it just meshed well and worked out for me. Yeah, that's cool. And I know you're working on a book, which again, is like a dream for a lot of designers. Although, of course, writing a book is a ton of work. Um, so sometimes it's like, it feels like you said earlier, kind of feels like a burden at times. But um, tell us about the book. Mm-hmm. It sounds mm-hmm. like the book has got stories and quilts from from your culture. Yes, it definitely does. Um, I'm so excited about it. We were hoping to launch it last year, but it, we need more time for a few more things to go through. But it should be coming out this fall. Um, and so 2023 fall, um, it definitely will speak to just me, you know, growing up and the culture that I have being a BIPOC, um, individual black and indigenous. Um, it's, it's just been a journey for me creatively, um, showcasing family, friends and how quilting pretty much got started and just recipes behind it, because I also do love to cook, um, and share food and, that's one of the reasons why my site is called um, my site is called Eat Quilt Joy um, because it, t- it talks about all of the things that I love and that's what the title of the book will be as well Eat Quilt Joy by myself so I'm looking forward to that coming out this fall. We're excited yeah. about that and um, we will look for it in the fall of 2023 mm-hmm. and I'll try to include it in the Craft Industry Alliance newsletter and things like that when it comes out because it's. Sounds- yes. Oh my yeah. yeah, really um, fabulous. So um, I would love to make sure we get to some recommendations from you because you have recommended some really nice things on your Instagram. And I'm sure you probably have some other things to recommend as well. But one of the things I noticed recently was um, some tools from a company called a, a Modern American Vintage. And they're like, beautifully crafted, like wooden tools that you can use while quilting. I don't know if you um, have some uh, tools from there that you enjoyed the most. Yes, um, they are amazing tools. I love them. I actually, um, they're all crafted differently. So you will never get two sets together that are the same. And I love them. I use them all the time. I'm actually getting ready to order another set because they're, if you go to their site, they always have beautiful um, different designs and aesthetics. So I look forward to getting, but yeah, they are totally my go-to tools to use when I'm quilting. I'm also a huge fan of the new iron that just launched from Mimi G. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's five Olisto. I love that iron. When I tell you it is like my favorite iron right now, and there's going to be so much content behind it because it's just like my favorite iron. It's so pretty. It looks so great. I was so excited when Mimi G um, partnered with Oliso to create this beautiful iron. So yeah, that's my other go-to as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I first saw it, I was like, I've never seen, is it leopard print or cheetah? I can't remember. I've never seen an iron with an animal print (laughs) on it. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I I love it. Yes, as soon as, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I have to get this iron in my life. So I was like, and that's another collaboration because um, like I said, in the future, you're going to see some videos and some pieces that I put together uh, to collab with this iron as well. 
Yeah, that's super cool. So um, that's great. And um, Porfiria, it's just been really fun and inspiring to talk to you and learn more about you and about your quilting history and all the ways you've built this business through really creating content, putting it out there and um, and being open to working with other people. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed it quite so much and I, I look forward to doing more and creating more and sharing more in the future. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. It was great talking to you. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you've been listening to the Craft Industry Alliance podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today's episode was sponsored by Sublime Graphics. Sublime Graphics is the printer of choice for your PDF sewing patterns, digital artwork, personalized mugs, and graphic tees. They offer a variety of paper choices and fast turnaround. Check them out at www.sublimegraphics.com backslash CIA. That's graphics spelled G-R-A-F-X. Podcast listeners get a $5 off coupon. Thank you so much, Sublime Graphics. Craft Industry Alliance is a community for craft professionals. When you become a member of Craft Industry Alliance, you get in-depth coverage of craft industry news, the opportunity to connect with fellow professionals for advice and support, and access to an educational library filled with ideas, tools, and resources to help you as you build your business. Join us at craftindustryalliance.org. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.